डियर लिस्नर्स साईराम वेलकम टू अवर रेडियो सीरीज आफ्टरनून सत्संग दिस इज अ डिस्कशन बिटवीन रेडियो साईज प्रेम एंड अरविंद ऑन डिफरेंट स्पिरिचुअल टॉपिक्स एवरी थर्सडे ऑन एशिया स्ट्रीम ऑफ रेडियो साई ग्लोबल हार्मनी यू कैन एन्जॉय दिस लाइव कॉन्वर्सेशन इट्स फ्रॉम ट्वेल्व थर्टी पी एम टू टू पी एम इंडियन स्टैंडर्ड टाइम टूडेज एपिसोड वॉज फर्स्ट फीचर्ड एज पार्ट ऑफ फर्स्ट डे लाइफ on October 10th 2013 offering a most humble pranams at bhagwan's lotus feet dear listeners we welcome you to this episode of afternoon satsang and this is prem from team radio side joining you with arvind offering a most humble pranams to swami and thanking him for this opportunity and thanking all of you for joining us sairam arvind sairam prem sairam dear listeners puttaparthi has a plethora of festivals and events scheduled throughout the year but the dasara the 10 day festival is very special for this single reason that it encompasses all the different forms of worship all the different pathways to the lord it has the yagnam it has the grama seva it has wonderful inspiring talks that are given it caters to the body mind and the soul a wholesome meal with swami spent a lot of his time and energy nourishing throughout the years and therefore dear listeners we thought that it would be only apt that we spend some time dilating on the magnificence and majesty of this 10 day grand festival that swami always gave importance to the navratri or the dashera maybe we could start with one beautiful incident and in fact the story of a bhajan okay during one of the dasharas swami was walking past the devotees in the punachandra auditorium and as he came near the ladies singers who were singing bhajans hmm. the gents were singing bhajans and the bhajan was just getting over when swami came near the ladies singers and said kotha bhajan padandi meaning you hmm. know sing a new song okay okay and they are supposed to start the last line of the previous bhajan is going on and they are just supposed to start and swami said this and walked away so the lady singers the two main singers were there were panicking what do we sing you know mm. so a new bhajan and to be composed in less than a few minutes so those two singers later shared that as swami was climbing the stairs to the punachandra stage mm. there was so much of feminine grace with which swami was walking the mm. way swami was holding the rope with one of his hands and so gracefully when swami ascended they said without much of thought and without uh, preparation they sang the bhajan durga lakshmi saraswati sai jagan mata wow and that moment this bhajan actually came to be when they saw swami in that you know such a motherly graceful walk of swami talking of the motherly graceful walk of swami you know we could see as i said earlier different facets or aspects of swami in this one single festival usually shivratri times swami is more like serious and we find it so easy to identify him with rudra and shiva that kind of gambhiratvam that's what they call it in sanskrit i don't know the equivalent in english it's a kind of the royal majesty yeah royal Divine majesty where majesty. not that he is strict at the same time he is not that benevolent and kind where you look up to him more in awe right so that is a kind of feeling one gets during the shivratri festival at the same time you know if you take some other festival say christmas for example it is so different swami is in the silvery white robe and even of course it's due to the number of overseas devotees that arrive but that was the time of the year when i remember we would hear the maximum number of english words that swami would speak in day to day conversation and his english you know though not perfect in the worldly sense was so sweet when did you come how did you come and you know swami would even use english phrases in the discourse practice dharma all will be well all these you know in between so like that when we see dashara was a festival where you cannot say that swami was just like this there were times you know when swami would be the grand veda purusha receiving the oblations at the veda purusha saptah gnana yagnam in all his grandeur and majesty where one would get filled with awe at the same time as those tiny tots from primary school chanted the vedas at the beginning of the evening vidwan mahasabha or the students spoke the kind of love that swami would shower just looking into those eyes one could realize how the divine mother is how the mother is with whom ramakrishna paramahamsa fell in love with the beauty the love the grace of the feminine aspect of divinity the divine mother that could be seen 
and you know what else can you call this other than the love of the mother i'm reminded of one small incident that one of the students narrated during one of the prashanti vidwan mahasabhas mm-hmm. you know it has been titled as the prashanti vidwan mahasabha meaning the mahasabha the grand gathering of the vidwans of the scholars and the wise people in prashanti and here would be student speaking and he said an analogy where a mother proudly presents her little child the child stands in front of the guests who have come home and just chants out a single shloka or maybe a nursery rhyme twinkle twinkle little star and then the mother is filled with pride and says see my child how fantastic he is or she is and when the mother tells it with so much pride that pride and joy is infectious the guests to appreciate so this student this brother said that there is nothing great in what the child did there is nothing great in twinkle twinkle little star but it is the kind of pride and the love that the mother showers that makes twinkle twinkle little star into a grand and fantastic thing in the same way he said we are no vidwans we are not any kind of scholars when we are speaking here but just because swami pats us on the back has pride in his eyes and love in his heart pouring on us the world considers us worthy to speak in his presence it is indeed amazing that when the prashanti vidwan mahasabha was held most of the speaking slots were given to the students and the teachers of the institute this straight away is an example of the divine motherly love another aspect that would often be seen during this dashara which is also navaratri dedicated to the mother tracing back the roots of prashanti vidwan mahasabha hmm. we've all seen the latest version of prashanti vidwan mahasabha but that is in the 90s what we am right. speaking about but it, if we see it started in the 1960s hmm. and during that time prashanti vidwan mahasabha was really a vidwan mahasabha where you used to have all these vedic scholars coming and giving absolutely uh, spell binding talks right about navratri about the different scriptures about vedas and all those things and if you look at it see the change one of the four things which swami said was his mission mm-hmm. was vidvat poshana he said to foster the scholars was one of his missions mm-hmm. and in the initial years swami would have this prashanti vidwan mahasabha in east godavari in venkatgiri in different in, districts of andhra different pradesh different districts and mm-hmm. wherever you know people were able to host such gatherings but in the later years swami of course had vidwan speaking but he was also kind of encouraging and fostering that desire to be scholarly and i think each student you know you said vidvat poshana veda poshana this was the exact thought that occurred to me also right now that in the beginning swami fostered the scholar swami fostered the vedas later on gradually he moved on to fostering scholarliness in whoever comes in his ambit right fostering the vedas in whoever comes in his ambit today we see some of the most phenomenal talks most wonderful thoughts and insights being shared by people whom nobody in the world will really expect to be sharing such things and that is 100% credit to swami what the scholars used to do now we have ordinary household people devotees from all sections of society sharing and enjoying such profound truths which were once considered to be the realm of only the scholars you know the intelligentsia as they are called but swami has made it available to everyone and that is what is true vidvat poshana as you put it rather than fostering only scholars he has fostered scholarship in everyone right and the same holds good even for the vedas the way the yagna used to take place those years when swami used to carefully select those people who would chant and i think the only students who got the opportunity to chant along were the veda patishala students but now you have students right from the primary school till research scholars and teachers who join the pandits and chant veda you know again there also we can see the shift frame imagine in the beginning the first school that swami started patishala is nothing but a school it was a school only for vedic studies right so first it started with fostering the vedas and now it doesn't matter whether it's balvikas whether it is a higher secondary school whether it's institute whether you're studying a bachelor's degree in commerce or science whether you're doing a master's degree in whether you're doing business administration whatever that you may be doing side by side you're learning the vedas first it was fostering the vedas and then it is fostering the vedas in every kind of educational institution that is a quantum leap that swami has achieved so gradually and almost seamlessly and that is where you know the divine motherly love aspect of swami comes in i think because why did you learn the vedas prem why did i learn the vedas we knew nothing about the vedas we just knew that we love swami and we knew that swami loves the vedas 
that love for swami automatically got transferred to the vedas that is the kind of fostering that swami has done whether it comes to the vedas or whether it comes to scholarship also and that i feel you know is one aspect of the divine mother where she inspires things from the source not by force it's all done in love absolutely and that's what we've seen during dashra when boys chanting vedam and now it is not just the boys chanting vedam the entire crowd joins and devotees from all over the world mm. in fact you know that is what swami said when he inaugurated the veda patishala mm. swami said this school will spread vedas to the entire world wow but you know the school modified into a arts and science college to a university but swami kept up the promise that this will be helpful in spreading the learning of vedas to the entire world and today we have japanese coming in chanting vedas you have the veda union from europe and you have germans and everybody coming and chanting vedas and how swami fostered it you know towards the end these are some acts of the lord which we cannot understand i remember one of the members of the veda group saying that he's been there from the times of the veda patishala mm-hmm. and he was saying that you know swami had promised so many things about the veda patishala finally it had to shut down so he was saying that at that time i thought what is this swami how can the divine word go wrong when he was saying that he said that once when guru nanak was visiting when he was touring he went through two villages one village everybody treated him very badly they didn't give him place to rest so the master said may this village be in one piece may all the people remain in harmony in this place safe and secure the next village everybody treated him so well gave him hospitality and you know it was a most amazing night that they spent over there the next day before leaving guru nanak dev the guru says you know may this village get scattered may these people get scattered and let them not remain here anymore let them get scattered everywhere the disciples who heard this strange boon and curse tell this is really funny we understand that you know you are large hearted that you blessed even those who treated you badly you bless them that they should be good but why are you cursing those who treated you well he says you do not understand the kind of people in this village they have to be present all over the world spread this goodness and nobility and that's why i bless them that may you spread all around the world may your goodness be recognized around the world so that's actually the blessing you know he was saying in a similar manner we thought that with the collapse of the veda patshala the veda has gone but it was more like a seed dispersal where the veda patshala was the pod in which it was concentrating and building up and once it reached a critical mass it just exploded and then now veda has become part of even so called modern schools and as you said in different parts of the world across cultures across religions it is only in retrospect we are able to see the master plan of our dear swami right coming back to the celebration of dashara and we spoke so much about the vedas we spoke about the yagna which happens here mm-hmm. the vidwan mahasabha and all that started in 1960s 61 62 and onwards but we also had the opportunity of speaking about dashara in the early years right because the beauty is i don't know why but dashara was always one of the special functions dashara and then swami's birthday in fact in, we also discussed that in 1947 right, itself one of the first few festivals to be celebrated and in fact we go through so many uh, devotees accounts where they say that swami would often tell them come for dashara come for dashara or if they come a little ahead of dashara they would be forced to stay back for dashara by swami that definitely must be in something very special for this festival i was pondering about what could be the speciality of dashara you know if we google this you easily come across dashara is derived from the sanskrit terms dashahara which means the defeat of the 10 headed demon which is ravana it is believed that it was on the day of vijayadashmi the 10th day of dasara literally means the victorious 10th day that is vijayadashmi and it is called vijayadashmi because it is on that day that lord rama killed the 10 headed demon ravana and it is said that you know in continuation that it took rama about 10 to 20 days to return from sri lanka that is where the demon ravana ruled back to his capital in ayodhya and the day he came back to ayodhya everybody lit lamps all over the town and therefore that day has been celebrated as deepavali or diwali the festival of lights right but coming back to dashara it is supposed to be the celebration of the death of the 10 headed one i was reminded of an incident that happened in the university you know once swami had uh, promised that today i will come and give a mantra mm-hmm. now all the spiritual aspirants get thrilled with this when a guru says i will give a mantra because it is believed that a single mantra can redeem you and swami said i will give it to all the students when i come to the auditorium today and this mantra is enough you don't need anything else in life 
this one mantra is enough to redeem you from everything you know people were very jeed up and charged up what is this mantra what is this mantra they were very excited swami comes to the auditorium and begins with an elaborate introduction of the great mantra that he is going to give and highlights the benefits that one would accrue by using the mantra and as he goes on building up his introduction everybody is eager swami what is the mantra what is the mantra what is the mantra and then swami says the mantra is this nenu pashu kadu i am not an animal everybody wondered you know what kind of mantra is this mantra should at least be in sanskrit <laughs> <laughs> yeah not in telugu you know that is our preconceived notion about a mantra mm-hmm. swami said but it doesn't end there next part of the mantra is nenu manavudu which means i am a human being i am not an animal i am a human swami said it doesn't end there nenu manavudu kadu i am not a human nenu devudu i am god swami said this is the mantra I am not an animal I am a man I am not a man I am god he said this one mantra if you stick to throughout life that is enough on a little deeper thinking if we see swami has said when it is said that rama killed the 10 headed demon ravana it is not as if ravana had 10 heads swami says if somebody comes with 10 heads day to day living becomes so tough it is i mean we can just imagine brushing your teeth combing your hair i mean so swami says 10 heads does not mean actual 10 heads he says when rama killed ravana it means those 10 heads are symbolized this first six heads are the six vices which is kama krodha lobha moha mada matsarya desire anger greed jealousy envy and pride he says these six and the next four heads are mano buddhi chitta ahankara that is a mind the, the intellect. intellect and the ego ahankara now if we see the first six things that is the six vices they are often called as animal qualities the next four are human qualities So dashara is a day when first you transcend animal qualities that is like i am not an animal i am a man next you transcend human qualities which is i am not a man i am god and then become divine so that great mantra is also the message of dashara i mean very true actually because you know the other name for dashara this festival is navaratri you know hmm. the nine nights and the significance of those nine nights is you have three nights for each form of the goddess the goddess is worshiped as you know that bhajan goes durga lakshmi and saraswati mm. and that is the order in which they are worshiped the first 3 days are in worship of durga the next 3 are for lakshmi and the last 3 are for saraswati you know generally if you look at it they are said that durga is for valor and lakshmi is for wealth and saraswati is for learning but you know the beautiful uh, idea is durga is worshiped as mahishasura mardini the goddess who killed an asura by name mahishasura and mahisha actually means a buffalo and the story goes you know devi mahatmya it says that when durga is in a battle with mahishasura he takes the forms of different different animals he comes as a bull and he comes as a bear so yeah. many animals and finally he comes back to his original form which is that of a buffalo and she kills him okay so the idea of worshiping mahishasura mardini is that the first 3 days are for removing the animal nature of ourselves like as you said when swami said i am not an animal and i am mm. a man the first 3 days are actually for that you remove mm. the animal nature and the mm. animal nature more than anything else is what is the quality which you associate with the buffalo it's um, laziness and sloth, sloth right yes so it is said that the first 3 days of navratri is to remove that slothfulness and laziness that is what we call tamas right right tamas tamas so she is mm. the dispeller of tamas one point here prem you know it is often said tamas is sloth and inactivity of the negative kind not the kind that yogi does so it is said that how do you overcome sloth and inactivity with activity that is where rajas comes in which is passion rajas also includes anger right. it also includes enthusiasm anything that is energetic Activities. so you use rajas to overcome tamas and it is durga the deity who stands for that it means she is known as the fiery one the angry one the most powerful one the brave one she uses rajas to destroy tamas right and so even in a spiritual process if you're a spiritual aspirant these are the three steps you have to do the first step is remove what is bad mm. okay swami says avoid bad company is the first step first you remove what is wrong in you and the second step is to inculcate good qualities mm. if you look at the second deity which is worshiped it's lakshmi mm. and generally we say lakshmi is a giver of wealth correct but the significance is she is the giver of spiritual wealth yeah we often think it's only gold coins right. and that's how she is depicted too gold coins dropping from her palm exactly and that is why it is said you know what is true wealth is in uh, vedanta in indian culture it is said shat sampati it's called the six fold wealth okay 
in that what are those things which is like mind control body controlled mm. one pointedness earnestness mm. and the ability to achieve what you start with mm. you know these are the things and okay. that's the beauty so first is you remove your slothfulness and then you reinforce yourself with all these good qualities and then the last 3 days which is for saraswati is the one who gives vidya who gives knowledge wow. so when you've done this then you're eligible to receive knowledge knowledge or wisdom wisdom you know again going to the tamas rajas it is then said that though rajas is better than tamas it is not the ultimate because rajas as we said it is passion it's enthusiasm it's energy it is bound to have ups and downs you may be very passionate enthusiastic and energetic about something but when it results in failure you're disappointed when it results in success you are thrilled and your joy knows no bounds even rajas is not the ideal state to be in so you are supposed to move from rajas to sattva sattva is a kind of equanimous state okay so where you are having involvement but you have no attachment so it is a more advanced state and therefore you have to overcome rajas using sattva and that is where you need the wealth of character the wealth of as you said mind control body control all this is needed so durga gets you from tamas to rajas and lakshmi gets you from rajas to sattva but you know it does not end there swami says to become one with the divine you have to be gunatita one without any attributes you are supposed to be colorless and that colorlessness actually comes with the combination of all colors that's what we see all colors combine to form white so in order to reach one with divinity you have to go beyond the attributes or beyond the qualities sattva is not good enough sattva makes you a noble and good loved man but it doesn't help you break the bondage and become one with the lord absolutely that's what swami says that you know each one is like a different metal chain swami Correct. says that one is an iron chain the other is a silver chain and sattva is a golden chain but, but chain, chain nevertheless yes yes it has to be broken so it has to be broken and that is where saraswati the goddess of learning wisdom you know that is what we were speaking so she helps you transcend beyond sattva also and become gunatita that is one with the lord and it is said that that culminates in vijayadashami where the, you achieve the victory which you are after so this navaratri as you said there are more than two three kinds of navaratris i exactly, believe exactly no i just got the list here huh. there are five navaratris I mean, oh okay navaratri basically mean nine nights nine nights so yeah. there are five such nine nights which are very sacred okay and you know just to name a few maybe i won't get the pronunciations right but nevertheless one is vasanta navaratri then there is a gupta navaratri and there uh-huh. is a sharad navaratri which is the one which we are celebrating now the most important one right and pausha navaratri and megha navaratri Oh Megha Navratri Megha is a cloud that is a rainy yeah it must be the rainy season and the beauty is you no know, the two most important navratris is the one which we are celebrating now the Sharad Navratri and the Vasant Navratri there's uh, that comes somewhere in April right that ends with Ram Navmi ha huh. so if you see season wise it's almost like the seasons which we are going through now one navratri ends in the beginning of summer and the other navratri ends in the beginning of winter hmm and among these two the one we are celebrating now which is in the beginning of winter is very essential and again coming back to that you know if you look at it going back to what swami said i am not an animal i am a man okay going by that very statement the idea is we all have come from animals and the nature of an animal is to hibernate during winter correct you know that's an inbuilt program yeah because the food available will be less right so therefore you conserve your energy so you gorge on a lot of food become fat and then just and go to sleep huh. and uh, the ancients found that you know that's a biological thing which has held on even in the human body that is why when it gets winter we actually start oh, yes. sagging in our enthusiasm and our activity to get up in the morning and come right. to office prime <laughs> so that is why it is said that in such a situation when you are bound and when you are vulnerable to laziness mm-hmm. you thrust yourself with extra worship and that is mm-hmm. why they put an important festival in the beginning of winter where you literally pick yourself up and push yourself and enthuse yourself to worship you know so beautifully it goes with that i am not an animal i am a man and going from that i am not an animal to i am god therefore durga has been placed at first you know because she has to wake us out of yes the- you know <laughs> that's one of the most fearful uh, forms which we worship in the indian culture right durga and kali and durga puja in west bengal is where it is done and yes of course so the rituals that are conducted in prashanti nilayam are related to all these three and, and we can right. see that that's the beauty right the kind of activities which happen around dashara here actually fulfill all these three 
you could say goals of having the celebration you know to start off with there is the yagnam which begins you know it is often said i think nowadays the gram seva starts before the yagnam right correct a couple correct. of days before the yagnam starts correct because gram seva is done for the 10 days the yagnam is done only as a saptaha yagnam which is for 7 days so the first thing is gram seva which is kicking you into activity the students from the various educational institutions here they go to almost i think about 150 villages and distribute swami's love in the form of food and clothes more than anything else a kind of assurance that you know we care and it's a great learning experience but as we said it begins with activity activity that is action that is needed to overcome sloth next comes of course the yagnam which we have where you know the beauty of the thing is when we have a normal vedam bhajan session in the mornings you know the vedam is there one hour you sit there and even if you don't know vedam you participate in it and then you kind of have an opportunity to participate in the bhajan but during navratri it's for one and a half hours you just sit there and listen to those vedic chants and i think a way of passive involvement is expected of us and one thing that i always wondered prem was what greater miracle do you want to see you know the age group the teenage years and even the 20s are the time when you know every boy and girl is bubbling with energy and you cannot find somebody who can comfortably just sit in one place being still is so 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 difficult Absolutely. that was what we were discussing right right means we always crave for activity we have been trained in a manner that if you want to overcome boredom you have to do activity if you want to make a life fruitful you have to indulge in activity anything you do you have to do activity we are never told that you can overcome boredom by just being still you can achieve a lot by just being still but that is what is necessary after you use rajas to overcome tamas if you have to inculcate sattva the next guna you need that stillness and that is what the yagnam does i feel isn't it a miracle to see so many primary school children teenagers people with bubbling energy just sitting silently for hours together absolutely doing nothing and i feel this is the time as you said one is overcoming animal and this is where they are truly human beings they are being they are in the present they are neither in the past you know it's not called human was nor is it called human going to be it's called human being i feel the word so magically has been made to indicate to us that you have to live in the present and just be still and that is something that the yagna inculcates almost unconsciously in everybody the movement from animal quality the movement from tamas to rajas and rajas to sattva and of course uh, i think with swami it's not like 3 days of action 3 days of silence and 3 days of learning it is all enmeshed and each day has all these things because morning we go for the gram seva and sometimes we sit for the vedam and again in the evening you have the vidwan mahasabha where that the is, learning process happens yes, that is you the know, where the wisdom is given through the many scholars and students who speak and the best thing was you know of course now it has been replaced by a pa system but before we know swami used to deliver the divine discourse on each day and what greater wisdom and that used to be the way in which we could learn to transcend beyond the gunas because swami would be speaking the ultimate truth in the most simplest of languages in the most simplest manner in which everybody can understand and so therefore you see Dasra has all these three the navaratri aspect was built in so beautifully by swami and it continues to this day and i think we cannot have any completeness in our discussion about navaratri festival if we don't go into a little bit of detail about the yagnam which is happening you know because with time we have started questioning so much of our cultural activities like you know why a yagnam why offer it to a fire why do certain things you know so somebody doing a Suri Namaskar, you know, kneeling down, bending, and getting up, and doing all those things, and so many other physical activities which go along with something like a yagnam, which are seemingly meaningless to us now. And I think as the generations come by, as we are moving more and more away from our Indian culture, we question these more. Exactly, and you know, there's also this, if I can say, ugly development that if I do not understand it, it is therefore meaningless because I don't understand it. The thing is, I don't even make an attempt to understand. I remember in one discourse speaking about the yagnam, the sacrificial fire, Swami, you know, lashed out. He said, "People say that so much of ghee that is clarified butter, the purest form, you know, from milk you get cream, from cream you get butter, from butter you get ghee. It's the purest form of milk, you know. This is poured into the fire. People say it's a wastage of ghee. Swami says they are fools. 
they are fools who consider it foolish for a farmer to scatter seeds in the field saying that he is wasting seeds they do not realize that those same seeds will give a thousandfold harvest at the right time and then swami went on to say you know swami said that everything that in you in your human body you know your physical strength your mental strength your attitude swami says is influenced by your head do and blood do swami used to say your blood and head influence your attitudes your strength everything your physical and mental characteristics and then swami said this blood and head is nourished by the food that you eat swami said the food depends on the land in which it is grown the fertility of the land depends on the rain that falls on it the rain that falls depends on the clouds from which it arrives and the clouds are formed from the smoke which is true because you know even when we do artificial rainfall what we do is we seed particles in the atmosphere artificially through aeroplanes and then rainfall occurs so it's particulate matter that causes condensation and smoke is particulate matter and swami said in the atmosphere what kind of smoke is there all dirty smoke dirty in every sense physically it's dirty because it's made of poisonous substances spiritually it is dirty because it's being emitted by you know god knows factories where working conditions god knows how it is swami so, said instead of that if you have pure smoke let us look at the smoke from the yagna it is pure scientifically because it's burning in an excess of oxygen it is white in color it's pure smoke physically and scientifically from a spiritual view point it is a smoke that is surcharged with prayers and intense feelings of samasta loka sukhina bhavantu let there be peace and prosperity everywhere and when this smoke from the yagnas from the clouds the whole chain is nourished and it comes back as good to you and prem just look around puttaparthi i remember even when i came in 1998 and joined as a student puttaparthi was not so beautiful lush green today it is almost like a hill station we get chills in winter and we have greenery we have water in the chitravati i cannot just call this a coincidence i am strongly convinced that there is a correlation between the yagnam and the prosperity and greenery that we see in puttaparthi and the neighboring region definitely in fact you know puttaparthi is said to be in the middle of rayalaseema rayalaseema means the land of rocks you know because that is what this area was and today it is a marked difference when you drive into puttaparthi you can see the landscape changing to becoming greener as you approach puttaparthi and as you said you know there should be a direct correlation because every year unfailingly during the dashra yagnam or in for that matter any yagnam which happens in prashantinilam you would find showers happening not only yagnam prem even this year dasara the first day the yagnam began we had rains right it rains invariably every year on swami's birthday During on ugadi sahasrapurnachandra sahasrapurnachandra darshanam and uh, you know they did one purna sahasra kumbhabishekam i mean that was too striking prem i mean they offered 1000 potfuls of waters from 1000 rivers in india you know different rivers in india they offered right. it to the lord and instantly that day it was not the monsoon at all it poured on onam it rains christmas it rains janmashtami it rains it might be a drizzle but nevertheless it happens how do you explain this throughout the year so that is why you know i was thinking of another analogy you know the way english if we see it's progressing today thanks to the sms language and the chat language so many words are getting broken and such a beautiful language is actually getting broken into a language filled with grammatical errors and filled with More a lot language of language of ease actually yeah a language of ease but with that what we are losing is poetry and beauty and literature just yesterday i was asking one a student who is about 20 year old i asked him have you read pg woodhouse you know pg woodhouse was a favorite when right. we were that age when we were in our 20s we used to borrow and read they had not even heard of it and when i narrated a few jokes from the pg woodhouse book which is so beautiful english he could not appreciate it and he felt that i am old fashioned and that's why i am not up to date and therefore i am able to enjoy pg woodhouse but i realized that you have lost taste for that simply by neglect and you are not able to appreciate it that is when it struck me that maybe a similar kind has happened with the vedas and with what swami tells us also so long have we neglected it if english could lose its sheen and charm in a span of just 10 years what to say of these vedas that are stood the test of time and come so far maybe we are not able to appreciate and that is why we need to put in effort to realize and understand and see the magic and that is what i get inspired when i see people from so many foreign countries 
coming and doing not just learning the vedas but dedicating their lives for the study of vedas it makes me wonder oh my god what is it that they are seeing that they have given up their homes thousands of miles away and they have dedicated their lives for the study of the vedas but arvin before we come to the vedas you know one thing about being a part of some of these celebrations here ha huh. i just want to add something which i heard uh, when i went to the hospital a couple of weeks back you said swami tells that all our good thoughts come from our blood and head you know mm. blood do head do to do that's what swami would say the parents are the ones who give i know we went for a blood donation a couple of weeks back there the doctor who is in charge of the department he was telling that it is one of the good things which we can do being in prashantinilam because he said our blood is actually of the purest form because we don't have any bad habits we don't eat non vegetarian food and as you said it is purified by the amount of the holy smoke which is all around the vibrations which we are going through the bhajan the vedam we have heard the bhajan we have heard so if we all could make it a regular practice of going and doing that blood donation once in 3 months that's the permissible Medical. interval in which we can do it mm. we would actually be doing an immense seva to the people who are coming because all these people who are coming with all kinds of sickness are coming with not only physical ailments but also related mental ailments and he said giving blood to these people are not just saving their lives but actually giving a lot to their living itself changing the way of life you know you make a very powerful point prem i remember reading about a research you know they found out that when they were treating cancer patients cancer patient treatment consists of nothing but two things mm-hmm. destruction of the cancer cells through radiation and medication which is like a bombing process which means it will also destroy good cells. good cells you just cannot separate the bad cells and the good cells the second step involves nurturing and nourishing the good cells back to health helping the patient to recover and that's why when a patient is undergoing chemotherapy he or she loses hair right. gets wrinkles and so many things and then there's a period of rest and recuperation so that he's ready for the next bomb <laughs> assault on him so or her it's called conscious poisoning that's what they say they observed that in two groups of patients one that was exposed to you know good thoughts good feelings good sounds good music optimism and positivity and cheer whereas the other group that lacked all this they saw that the chances of healing were almost more than double in the former Mm-hmm. and that is when you know they say that when new cells are formed in the body it is dna and the other things are only at the physical level there is something happening at the subtle level also which is part of the dna and they say that subtle aspect is determined by all these things and patients who developed cells with a good subtle aspect seem to have greater chance of recovery from cancer compared to the patients who didn't have that so therefore you know even as every cell is formed along with the dna that's replicated we are also having a replication of things that are determined by our attitudes our vibrations our vibes and you know what we are made of spiritually so it is almost as if science is also arriving to the fact that along with the physical body there is a spiritual body that is being created with that in mind now we can appreciate why that doctor from the super specialty hospital said that it's a beautiful thing that we donate blood because apart from being physically pure and clean here it is also surcharged and the subtle aspect of the blood also will be so beautiful i won't be surprised if a patient receiving blood from the super specialty hospital suddenly starts feeling good and suddenly starts feeling more loving and more nice Definitely. in fact you know he was saying that they are looking at doing a research in that point because they saying that the ease with which the patients are recouping there could be a factor relating to the blood which they receive here wow and in fact so we could actually make it an appeal to all our listeners that you know this is a great opportunity because we always wonder you know we have been part of these celebrations we have had the good opportunity to receive and absorb all the vibrations here is there anything we can do i think this is definitely one obviously physical thing which we can do offer our blood in donation to the blood bank here and in fact we're going to make this a very serious move we are having a plans for that that whoever is here can come and give blood here and who is visiting prashantinilam because all swami's devotees have taken to vegetarianism and giving up their bad qualities so their blood is literally very precious you know more precious than blood of other people and so they will really be doing something giving back 
to swami if they can come and do that blood donation on a regular basis here prem one more point that just struck my mind right now i had read this article recently another medical article you know that article was about mm-hmm. organ donation eye donation and different organs that are being donated it was speaking about donors who said that they received more than just the organ from the donor mm. yeah it was a very elaborate scientific article which stated that apart from the organ people are also receiving personality so therefore it is called as personality organs they are no longer called organ donation it's called personality organ donation you know it is almost like there was a person who was speaking about a heart transplant that took place she says that she has now suddenly developed intense craving to eat meat she had been a vegetarian all her life she's telling i don't know how i got a craving to eat meat because i don't even know what meat tastes like <laughs> but i'm just feeling like eating meat there was another who said that he got a tendency to smoke and scientific studies you know you cannot conclusively prove such things but they have given very strong indications that what the person's mental makeup was attitude makeup was habits were they seem to be influencing the habits and mental makeup and attitudes of the person who has received the donated organ so they are saying that along with the organ even a part of the personality is transferred and if your personality is not strong enough to counter that you will be overcome with that other personality now while that is like a disturbing way that the article has portrayed we can think of it positively too this is another way for us to spread swami's love and you know the beautiful thing that he has given us that way we do samasta loka sukhino bhavantu if we have led a physically pure life abstaining from smoking from non vegetarian from alcoholism and we definitely spend our time in some sadhana bhajans vedam just giving our blood will be more than just blood more than just that liquid to a patient it will be liquid love because it is a liquid plus divine love in many ways in a sense you could say that that's what swami did because over these years especially if you look at this dashara festival thousands of people would gather mm. and that purnachandra auditorium would be packed and imagine they absorb all these vibrations and absorb all the smoke and and when they go back to their towns and villages i'm sure that there would have been a way of seeding which swami did because uh, i remember one of my seniors was sharing this with me during the atirudha mahayagnyam you know the nine days of rudram homam which was going on There was one person who took off from his work. So he had taken off for 11 days. He wanted to come and stay here for the entire just a small refresher. I believe it was something like for 11 days, 11 homakundas, 11 uh, people chanting 11 times. 11 so it's time. all in the multiple of 11 right. comes to some few lakh uh, namakam and chamakam. But in Parthi it was not strictly that way because everybody was chanting Rudram. Yes. And I know many uh, devotees and students who had learned Rudram by the end of those 11 days, even those who didn't know And you know this boy who had taken off and was here after three days he packed his bags and he left. Okay. So when my friend uh, asked him why did you leave, I thought you were coming here for staying the eleven days. And that boy said, no, no, I am not prepared for what is happening to me when I sit here because he said I am becoming desireless, oh. sitting and listening to all these vibrations. That is what these Vedic mantras can do, and that is what Vedam can do. You know, we often wonder why Swami gave so much importance to Vedas because we started by saying Vidvat Poshana and Veda Poshana. Hmm. Imagine Swami has given it as one of his avataric missions to uphold the Vedas. You know, and I have also thought many times along these lines, Prem, that you know Swami never supported a single religion. Swami has always been for all the religions, and He says it also openly. I have not come to start a new religion. I want to make a Hindu a better Hindu, a Muslim a better Muslim, a Christian a better Christian. And you know there are Sarva Dharma bhajans. There, so every time His emphasis has been on. the equalness and unity of all religions we know swami is like that and yet the fact that swami has backed the veda so much show only one thing it proves beyond doubt that vedas do not belong to any religion the vedas in fact are called apaurusheya i think we shall delve a little more deeper into this universal nature of the vedas and in order to inspire us in this discussion i feel we should just listen to this one song that was composed specially for swami's 85th birthday on how swami has fostered this tender sapling of the vedas and made it into a gigantic tree sai premaye vedasaramu I'm 
ಸ್ವಾಮಿಸ್ಟೂಡೆಂಟ್ಸ್ಟೀನ್ and it's a beautiful uh, piece to possess isn't it definitely prem because uh, i feel that was also inaugurated in such a beautiful manner 
the whole program was about swami's life in musical form the video was about swami's life and it was swami sitting and watching his life and wow so many memories connected to that but that will take us away from our topic which we thought we can speak about and conclude with today which is the vedas the universality of the vedas one very wise person while giving a talk he said that it is not as if the vedas were created by god because when you say the vedas were created by god it allows for a time when the vedas were not present you know if we see the vedas have been described as apaurusheya nobody knows who is the author of the vedas because the vedas have no author not of human origin not of human origin yeah and even the people through whom the vedas came it is said that the vedas didn't come from someone it came through someone those people are called as mantra drashtaras right. which means those who saw, saw the, mantras. the mantras it was almost like the mantras come through them and then they learn the mantras you know so it was like they were saying that now the mantra has come through us now let us learn the mantras it is not as if they created or composed it so therefore the vedas have been described as the breath of god and this scholar was saying that see it is not as if whether the lord came from the vedas or the vedas came from god the vedas are the breath of god they coexist because the lord cannot stay without his breath right so the vedas are the breath of god and therefore they belong to all religions because all religions have god and you know it is swami who has made it go even beyond all religions the last line of the song said sai premaye vedasaram you know it is said that the theists call upon god and say god is love for the atheists love itself becomes god because that is the most divine thing that swami says you can ever get and that's why swami never insisted on spreading concept of god but spreading the concept of love so god is love love is god and here you know it is said sai premaye vedasaramu swami's love is the essence of the vedas and therefore even the atheists are there who are now picking up the vedas simply because of something magical about it they are not having any religious orientations and yet they pick up the vedas so people with religious orientations people without religious orientations everybody are picking up the vedas and naturally so because the vedas are universal they are not hindu they are not belonging to any religion they are general and belong to all a one look at their contents will show why they are all encompassing and general for everyone you know talking of vedas you were just saying that apaurusheya and mantra drashtas you know the beauty is some of these people realized the way these people receive these mantras is when they absolutely still their mind mm-hmm. when they went into a state of supreme calmness they receive these vibrations it's you know the difference between an invention and a discovery you don't say gravity exists from the time of newton you know, gravity always existed newton just found it mm-hmm. you know these vibrations were like that they were always there these people discovered it and gave it to us and how did they discover it in the state of absolute stillness mm-hmm. and that is the beauty of these vibrations because they were found in the state of stillness when constantly heard they can also induce the state of stillness Yes. You know that is precisely the experience one of our seniors shared with us you know Sonuram Shankar mm. he's here as part of the Sevadal incidentally he was sharing when he was in Japan mm. the moment he landed in Japan and you know he started going to some of the centers when people came to know that one of Swami's students were here they all started flocking towards him and saying that you know you should teach us the Vedas. Mm. And he was so surprised because they were not Indian settled in Japan they were actually Japanese. Mm. And they wanted to learn Vedas because Swami was giving so much importance to Vedas. Mm. And so they all pleaded with him and said, "You should teach us Vedas." So then he started weekly classes, you know, along with bhajans. They used to have half an hour session of Vedas, and these people's thirst was like unquenchable. They said, "No, you have to teach us more, teach us more." And he went on to have about one and a half hours, two hours sessions during weekends, mm. teaching them Vedas. And the interesting thing was what he experienced. He said, when he was teaching them Vedas, at some time. he would slip into states of thoughtlessness hmm. when he used to teach them extendedly for you know half an hour to one hour to one and a half hours the positive thoughtlessness yes he used to go into a state where his mind was absolutely still and there was not a thought crossing his mind hmm. and he said it was a surprise for him because he was not somebody who had practiced meditation or practiced this thing and without any desire to be in that state he said just constantly focusing on that sound and on that vibration took him to a state of thoughtlessness And you know that's why Swami maybe gave so much of importance to it. Even you know it, you don't know it. Just being there and listening to that sound 
is actually so powerful i remember uh, they used to say that when there's a bridge across a river or whatever there's a bridge and the army has to march across the soldiers of the army are told to break their march okay. because if they march in unison and their marching frequency happens to match the resonance frequency of the bridge it is said that the bridge can collapse imagine a few men marching across and breaking a bridge it is known to happen and therefore when they march across a bridge they break their march they don't walk in perfect step that is the power of sound that is the power of sound and right even we hear of avalanche is happening when you know radio signals are sent you're not supposed to send very high frequency radio signals in places which are vulnerable to avalanches because for the very same reason yes. the resonation frequency resonance frequency if frequency it matches. matches you could have a now imagine if just the thought that vedas are divine if we are able to match the resonance frequency that's it that is why mr sonu ram shankar as you said without any intention without any desire or without any practice for that could simply attain that state of having no thoughts and being in perfect stillness that is the kind of spiritual uplift the vedas gives and that's why as you said swami used to constantly encourage if we look even at the content of the vedas you know it is not any religious oriented stuff it is so totally universal you talked about the discovery of gravity now gravity is which religion it belongs to no religion in the same way you know there is the ayurveda which is medicine and in veda we have the samaveda which is all about music music does not depend on any religion people of all religions all castes atheists theists everyone enjoys music so too medicine so there are so many aspects of veda which are universal it is just that some of the things like we spoke about the yagnas all these rituals appear to be like hindu rituals but they all were done with a kind of meaning a deep inner significance which if we understand we will realize that there is so much of the spiritual in the ritual all we need to do is catch the spirit because without the spirit even spiritual becomes a ritual that's a very profound point which you made because given as you go through the ritual always remember why you're doing it you know that's what swami used to insist till a certain stage listening to the vedas is good but swami would say that you have to learn and understand the meaning first the word to word meaning and then the inner significance the rituals as we were talking in initially we spoke about the yagna and many things which are done the surya namaskar which is done and so many things you know each of these has a very important reason for us to understand because as you said in the beginning action is something which is very important for us we understand best when we express an action hmm. you know have you noticed there's something like suppose i want to be reminded of something let us say that i need to go to some place you need a reminder okay i need a reminder if i come and tell you hey arvin just remind me that i have to do this at this time the act of telling you will actually imprint that in my memory and actually act as a reminder right and yes. actually the very fact that i've told you to remind me will keep that in my memory even if you don't remind me because i've told you to remind me i will remember it correct because something which is subtle when it is expressed in action hmm. kind of reemphasizes itself in our mind hmm. and that's why you know we have these rituals of people taking 3 4 spoons of water and drinking it then again mm. a spoon of water and drinking it you know where you chant mantras like let this purify my body let this purify my subtle body mm. let this purify my costal body actually the thought is enough yes but when we do it in action we are making sure that it's reinforced and our mind is in what we are praying that is why there is always a set of actions which is related to a set of thought processes and then you also associate the chanting which is the word right and you know that reminds us of another beautiful thing that swami always used to say that manasekam vachasekam karmanyekam mahatmanam right. Right. when there is unity and purity of thought word and deed you become a great person meaning you achieve anything that you wish to achieve and what better way because just having pure thoughts is not enough having that said into words and then having an associated action with it brings the unity and purity of thought world and deed exactly. and complete everything else you know the kumkum archana which was done hmm. you know in the earlier years swami used to permit sumangalis to do that kumkum archana sumangalis meaning married women married women in the old mandir before the yagnas and all started we have spoken about the palanquin procession which used to mark the dashara celebration and in the, the 40s. nine different color robes that swami, swami used to used wear used to come in and one of the other events which used to happen in old mandir was the sumangali puja hmm. where married women would come and sit and worship swami by doing that kumkum archana and when you do that kumkumarchana what do you say you just say that i worship this form of the devi i worship 
the devi who does this the devi who you know who gives this benediction mm. so you are actually making an action associated with each prayer that you make so and each prayer is based on a thought that it arouses exactly and you know one aspect of that divinity hmm. so you are linking a thought with a word with an action and if you miss out any one of this as you saying that you know vachas ekam manas ekam karma nekam mahatmanam and when swami says manas anyat vachas anyat karma anyat duratmanam and that is why when we do the ritual without the spirit it's useless it is useless and when we keep the spirit always in the mind do the ritual it turns spiritual yes at the same time doing the ritual without the spirit is of no use at the same time just keeping the spirit and condemning rituals is also not good right so it is good that we realize the importance significance and for us side devotees prem it becomes so easy because swami gives so much of importance to dasara we love swami and we are convinced that whatever he does is for our ultimate good and it is always beneficial knowing that we see 10 days he would be there sitting at the yagnam for hours on the end and he would be there to receive the final offering on the vijayadashmi day simply and by the fact go around sprinkling that sanctified water, water on all the devotees rose water there. yes simply that one single fact should be enough to convince us that there is something really special about the vedas and the dasara yagnam and just because we do not understand it it is not right that we condemn it or criticize it it is best that we follow swami's words adopt it practice it and then learn through our own experience because that is something that nobody can negate nobody can nullify it is for us to own and cherish very true you know in fact we are at an advantage because we know that if swami has done it it must be special and it must be good our only work is now to find out why it is special maybe that will give us a better understanding even as we are doing and even as we are participating in all this try to find out the reason why swami let us do all these things and forced us to do it with love not with the brute force which we talk of in force yes so with that dear listeners from around the world we hope that you enjoyed this there are a lot more things that we can speak about navaratri and dashara there are lot more things that we are unaware about navaratri and dashara it's been a learning process for prem and myself and hope it has been the same for all of us too offering our most deepest gratitude to swami for this beautiful opportunity and offering our most humble and loving pranams at the lotus feet of our dear swami an eternal witness to all our satsangs Sai Ram you just heard an episode of our radio series afternoon satsang this is a live discussion between radio sai's prem and arvind on different spiritual topics and today's episode was first featured as part of radio sai's Thursday live at 12:30 p.m. on October 10th, 2013. You can mail us your comments and feedback to listener at radiosai.org. Thank you and Sai Ram from Prashanthi Nilayam.